you are listening to Pokemon Stop, an anime podcast that finished the series but still has an extra episode to record. I'm your host, Sybil Arnett, and with me is... Chris. And Matt. And today we're talking about Monster Episodes 72 through 74, the finale of the series. Content warnings for today's batch include more gun violence, dementia, and a whole lot of child endangerment. An extreme disappointment in the ending. How dare you steal my joke that I said earlier <laughs> on a different recording? Fuck, Fuck you. <laughs> I didn't say, you didn't say it was going to be a content warning. I did. I explicitly said content warning. Extreme disappointment. How that dare was, you. Well, I didn't realize you were going to repeat. Any totally sugar motherfucker. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> now, now, the polite way to do it is to say Robin Williams because then it'll guilt him into paying you. Oof. Also, oof. So, we pick back up at episode 72, Man Without a Name. When we come back to the camera, we have a slow pan over all the corpses in town, but only the ones we've seen before. Gotta save that budget. The destination of the pan, the Hotel Bergbach. Lunge is continuing his climb of the building, up the floors, checking corners, rifle in hand. My man, door kickering it the whole way. There is a cat-and-mouse scene in Roberto's hotel room. The shower running was a trap, and Roberto has now cornered the detective by getting him into the room. He nails Lungay in the shoulder, sending the rifle and the man both crashing to the floor. And as Roberto comes in for the kill, Lungay says, I presume your name is Roberto. The reply is simply, you're wrong. I have no name. Lungay's response is, I'm sorry to hear that. As a police officer, you might say I take a professional interest in the name of the man who kills me. We hear a gunshot, and the intro runs. I gotta say, there is a moment here where the gun, like, peeks around the corner, yes. like Roberto's gun, and it, like, it's it's missing the, yeah, it's missing the slide whistle, because that's kind of how it reads. Uh, like, whoop, it's really Yeah, it's literally just the same. gun around uh, the corner this episode art right and the funny thing is that like they pull back from that like it doesn't even matter at all other than telling the audience by the way roberto's in the yeah. uh the only somewhere around the corner hasn't seen a movie before <laughs> also like he's using a rifle in a very contained space like that seems like not the weapon you want to use in it's that fine. close quarters it's fine i play call of duty he'll be all right also, <laughs> That's Chris, what a shotgun. <laughs> let's be real. If any character could feasibly be said to have never seen a movie, it is Detective Lunge of the BKA. That's oh, right. absolutely. Even Rivers seen a movie. Yes. <laughs> it's a TV show, Chris. <laughs> Speaking of... Across the town at the Hotel Verstek, the survivors mourn Grimmer, now laid to rest on a couch under a blanket. Tenma tries slipping out the back as this happens, but Bonaparte notices and follows because he's still here, I guess. The old man says he knows that Tenma is going to help Lunge, and he's coming too, because I have a gun. Fuck off, dude. <laughs> Everyone here has I a gun. It. Eat my asshole. <laughs> well, we didn't know he had a gun on him, but I guess he grabbed one of the other, like, tons of guns that were in the hotel from the, uh, from the lotto couple. Guns. It's on the menu. Huh. And this is when Tenma remembers the letter Grimmer handed him from Lungay, the one the detective found at the Red Rose Mansion. Bonaparte looks very tired on account of being 80 and knowing what the letter is going to contain. And it is, uh, 
some very emo shit. It's a love letter to the twins' mother, and we've heard bits of it in his writings and from Lungay reading portions. What we didn't hear from now is that the poisoning to the mansion, that was all Bonaparte, not the twins. Who fucking cares? Bonaparte this is trying to so atone dumb. for his crimes and clean up the mess. The poisoning is one of yeah. the least impactful <sighs> things, and there's probably an entire fucking episode worth of flashbacks to it. Yeah, I... At least half. I, I don't understand it doesn't do anything the twist here no, no it really it's does dumb. like check like the out. whole thing uh, the nazis are still here everyone still knows what happened it's just a waste of everyone knows who johan is yeah like the, the whole point of why this happened was to try to erase everyone who knew who these people were so he could abscond with the kids and and the their mother and it, it doesn't happen what the weird thing is where does fucking like Franz Bonaparte go from here. I don't know. It, it as both men look incredibly depressed, walking out in the rain. Same. We cut across town to the. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right, Seattle boy. Uh, Excuse me, I live in Bremerton. It is very sunny in my, in my cherry blossom trees. Sick. That is Hawaii. It came. It came with the house. Shut up. Shut up! It came with the house. That is the weebiest thing I've ever heard you say. Is that my, my cherry blossom tree is? <laughs> it's nice to look at, and it came with the house. I didn't plant it, but I was glad it was. The there. leaves are pinku. Chris, did did you know that sakura means cherry blossom? <laughs> no, actually, I did not. I've ex- I've said this several I times. I forgot. Shut up. <laughs> to bring back Zeno Saga again. Anyway, Wait, was uh, that so- Zeno Saga? That's the name of Miss Rahi's daughter. Oh, That's why a... Momo's swimsuit has cherry blossoms on it. Oh, I thought this was an Ava thing. Is, it, is it her name? It's Sakura? not an Ava. Oh, there's a character named Sakura and Ava. Yeah, but she's not important. She's Toji's sister. Who cares? Wow. Anyway. Quote, women are unimportant. Interesting take. <laughs> if you want a bad faith, that go on ahead. Back in the bear box, Roberto is lying on the bed, gut shot. Lungay hid his second gun, a pistol, which we totally forgot that he had. <laughs> I think we had seen it before where it was like tucked under his, uh, like under yeah, his Yeah, he brought or two guns with him to the hotel. Oh, that's right. He had the other pistol. Yeah, first, I was thinking like there was, was like, a third pistol. Did they let pistol. him keep his gun when he got fired? He actually got fired? I thought he was on like... Yeah, know. he's actually not fired. He's on purpose. Yeah, he's not fired. Please. But that's not fired. That's uh, not the same thing. That's Chris, Chris, fired. this is Europe. This is Europe. That's, you can't fire people because of unions. For cops, Matt. <laughs> Look, we'll get to that later. Uh-huh. Anyway, so, yeah, the shot came from the pistol from behind the chair. So, like, the chair, like, through the, uh, through the cushion. Which and everyone, everyone who's seen a movie before, excited to see that come up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we still see, yeah, the smoke coming through the hole of the chair. Uh, the detective stands up favoring his unshot hand and begins barking questions like who are you where is johan why are you willing to go to such extremes for this man and roberto just smiles his usual smug smile and says how far you have fallen lunge a top detective of the bka of the bka alone in this backwater town he proceeds to slowly build on his and this fucking reveal this fucking reveal is so so much because it starts off, oh, you dug too deep into a, a senator's life. Uh, your wife is living with another man now. And Lungay starts to lose his cool here. But 
your grandson is speaking now, you know. He calls your wife's new husband grandpa. And look at his ass. Do you know what I thought this was? And maybe I was overreading. I thought that that is Roberto. Roberto started a relationship. I thought that would be the case because Roberto does that. That's his MO is just. When would he have time, though? Man, he was not in the show for a long time. Like between when he gets shot and when he shows up as the lawyer and maybe he's doing it while he's, you know, being the lawyer person. He, he shacked up with that one random woman who was seeing uh, Reichwein. It's the funniest mental image of Perverto just going around cuckolding the entire cast out of spite. Thank you. It, exactly. That's why I thought that, like, oh, maybe he's implying because how would he know that unless he was like, just imagine how much more pissed off Lunge would be if that were the case. Tenma, do you know we're tunnel buddies now? <laughs> it's true, though. Uh, but yeah, Lunge is completely on tilt uh, and actually starts yelling. He tells him to shut up. It's like the first time Lunge really loses his cool. And this is where Roberto makes his move, grabbing, uh, grabbing the gun to the side and trying to overpower the much lankier man. Lunge then headbutts Roberto, going goes for the gun, but Roberto just kicks him right in the stomach. And the funny thing is that, like, the detective tries to crawl to the weapon. Roberto picks him up and then tosses him forward and then kicks him before he hits the ground. And Lunge flies across and hits the wall in the hallway. It is the most cartoonish thing that has happened in this entire anime. Like, the physics of it don't work. I get the feeling... I did not check bit by bit, but uh, I'm thinking that they just tried to make something out of a few different panels of fight scene and didn't know yeah. how to connect it. Yeah, because it, it looks like he does like a soccer goalie drop kick, like he drops the ball with his hands and then kicks it downfield. He basically does that, but with uh, <laughs> with Lunge. Uh, but days from the blow, Lunge can't do anything to prevent Roberto from smashing his right hand underfoot. And then the big man crouches on top of him. He says, you want to know who I am, inspector? I have no name, no country and no memories. The first thing I remember is leaving the orphanage for my job. And that's when Johan came around. He awakened the only memory I need in me, which is what like, so he's also one of the Kinderheim kids. Is that he's what I'm supposed to take one. away from this? He's the one that Grimmer was talking about because the the man, yeah yeah oh right 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 we'll find out like a few seconds later they make it really obvious like what a fucking reveal that this motherfucker is also a Kinderheim kid because here's the thing that doesn't make sense about that is he does not have the same emotional detachment that like Grimmer had or any of those other people that they've interviewed who forgot everything well, right like he seems way too animated i guess so yeah my man became a cultist yeah roberto is the only person who has leaned into being a psycho and having a good time with it yeah it just feels it it feels weird and it feels a little too pat to wrap it up but it does finally connect roberto to johan in a way that makes sense because yeah i had no idea why roberto was going to be doing all this stuff you also, know, Lugay has a good point to ask that question. If you remember a comment Grimmer had about how I could never get the smile right, 
Roberto's fucked up grin makes so much more sense. I just assumed he was Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we cut again to a brief interlude over Grimmer's body. Uh, Vim and the couple are mourning him. The child had heard the stories of how he didn't know his name, only Adolphs, the Coco, Bugs, etc. And yes, this is the part we mentioned where we cut back to the hallway. Johan came close to me and offered me a cup of cocoa. It was just like at the institution. I don't know if that's trying to say that Roberto is actually the mobster's grandson or just, oh yeah, he was also there, but yeah, this is dumb as hell. Yeah, I think it's trying to say it's the kid's, uh, the guy's nephew. I didn't take it as that just because everyone got Coco. That's true. Okay. Yeah, it, it makes this even dumber because, like, if it's not, why even bring up the kids by that kid by name in this scene, like Adolf, whatever? If um, if this is not him, if Roberto it, is not that, it kid. is him because of the law of conservation of detail. Exactly. Yeah. Like it has to be him. Eh, so, to be I fair, think it doesn't Masa matter doesn't either know way. Jack shit about conserving detail, so who knows. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it makes that whole bit number one quality of monster. Everything doesn't matter. Yeah, but it also makes that other. It really undercuts that whole bit in retrospect with the head of the Czechoslovakian mob or whatever, who is like, "I'm so sad about my nephew. He's dead." Okay. And it's like, turns out, no, he's not dead. <laughs> Sable, you want to hear something very funny that happened in between two recordings where you weren't there? Sure. Matt found out that the Czechoslovakian secret police were the SS. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Which uh, dramatically yeah, changes a lot. your opinion on a lot of things in the show. <laughs> really? I mean, granted, granted, I wasn't like thinking that the Czechoslovakian secret police were good people <laughs> to begin with. But like that definitely tinges things and, and also connects things a little better. Yeah. Why they kept wanting to find the eugenics program. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that I mean. I just assumed that was a European white people thing. They just wanted to do eugenics at that time of the, of the century. You're not wrong. But uh, we also, this whole brief segment in the middle is going from person to person to person. And next is Bonaparte and Tenma in the rainy streets. The old man wishes the rain would wash away all this vileness, but instead it's driving it on. It was like this on that day, too. We learned via flashback that the visitor to the Liebert family, just before they all were all killed, it was Bonaparte up. He claimed he uh-huh. knew everything about the twins, just wanted to see them, even if asleep. His love of their mother was that all-consuming that he'd settle for the kid. That night, Johan would kill everyone but himself and his sister, making it moot if Bonaparte had told them anything or not. Uh... I didn't know what would happen that evening, but I did know what I'd done. I knew, and I ran. I tried to draw them, those picture-perfect twins, surrounded by love and affection. But no matter how many times I tried, it wouldn't come to me. I knew that picture could never exist. I'm guilty. I created that monster. And Ten was like, and I'm the one who brought him back to life. Fuck off! You're not responsible for what other people do, bitch! (laughs) I also love, like, yes, these... Twins who were had, you know, grew up with love and affection around them from the mother who is also being constrained. From everyone who wasn't me and my friends. 
Yeah, like th- what what love and affection? You call that love and affection? I thought that was the opposite of that, and that was the point. Uh-huh. Let's see. I'm very confused by this. The two men have reached the Bergbach, not knowing what's inside, they proceed with caution. You know, since we're the last episodes and we're wrapping it up, it also sucks that Bonaparte tries to have this mild redemptive arc. No one fucking cares it no one cares that you tried to be better. That doesn't matter at all to the themes of the show. Right, and but it, does it just feels unearned. We, like, I, I mean, yeah. In the last eight episodes, the, we waste an entire episode or two of time on stuff like Bonaparte, the poisoning, all of these things that don't matter at all. Like, I mean, he, oh, who cares? It doesn't really matter now. I mean, other than, like, you just want to know what his motivation is, and it d- didn't have to be that. Like, I understand that Monster is about stewing in a vibe, but this isn't even that. No, yeah. I, like I said, I've remembered the ending falling apart for me. I didn't remember the details until we got to this bit. It's extremely bad. It is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It flows a little better in manga format with chapter breaks instead of this all being one thing they try to jam together, but that's not saying much. Here's what I think. I think that Carnival ends better than this, and that was a show that got wow. up at the knees. Okay. I- I'm not going to call that a hot take because, you know, they at least clearly had a plan they were going for, they just... This show had a plan that was written completely four years ago. All you had to do was be slightly better. I know. (laughs) Um, Yeah. The only way this could be worse is I remember like a decade ago, they wanted to make a live action adaptation of this on HBO directed by Guillermo del Toro. That's the only way that this could be worse and more poorly paced. I think it would basically depend on how much how much of a fan he was of the work. Because, yes, mm. it's it's two ways. If he tries to correct it for other audiences, then it gets weird. But also, what does he put on the spin of that that's going to improve this? What I mean is that the HBO house style is bloated. I'm try- I don't remember the exact era that was in. I don't think it was... I think it was before they had locked down. It was midnight. They were already like, okay. solidly locked in. It was all of our shit is 45 minutes long an episode. Okay. Yeah. I remember the discussion of it at the time. I remember being disappointed it didn't happen because I looked at it as, oh, this really cool drama I like will actually get in a format where white people will watch it. And it didn't. <laughs> Well, we'd already had the sci-fi run and the no, I, burn off on this show at that time. I mean, <laughs> you would think that there there could have been a resurgence yeah. at some point. Technically, you know. white people still don't watch it since we're all lesser classes of white people. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's a hot take on Jews there, Chris. We stand what? Uncle O'Grimacy this week. <laughs> 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 putting us on the same level of Italians and Irishmen. Go fuck off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm Sybil, kidding. But anyway. There's a joke on Modern Family I thought to myself, I have to tell Sybil, and I'm going to tell you now. Mm-hmm. There's a lady who says, 
my grandmother owned a garage, and another character says, wow, there must have been so much discrimination. She was like, there was, but then she started repairing the cars of the Irish, too. (laughs) 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 That is an excellent punchline. In in an episode that's about feminism, it's extremely funny. That is so good. (laughs) Modern Family is extremely funny. Big recommend. Is it really? Okay. Great way you can spend you can watch two episodes of these over dinner because they're twenty minutes. Great way to watch it for a couple of months. The <laughs> version of that I had was I liked the somewhat darker clone CBS did uh, Life in Pieces. Just great character actors hamming it up and really getting into a lot of a vibe that was like my family. You know what Modern Family is like? Is it's like it's like that show with the old guy that I can't remember the name of right now. But for normal people. Fuck, what is that show with Larry David in it? Oh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. It's like Curb Your Enthusiasm stuff, but for normal people. And more uh, overt jokes that aren't just people being extremely uncomfortable. But there's a lot of that, too. Okay, that mm. if that's the scale we're going on, then yeah, Life in Pieces moves a little closer to the curb end. Yeah. So that's probably why I enjoyed it. <laughs> My life is basically a curb skit at times. Let's be real. Anyway, that's yeah. been discussing other better shows. <laughs> right. So we cut back to the hallway and it's a real brutal scene because Roberto, his right hand is wrapped around Lungay's neck and the detective is turning blue with his tongue bulging out. And <laughs> very goofy. <laughs> Roberto, like, yeah, this is the worst version of Ahigao I've ever seen. But uh, <laughs> like, Roberto says, I can't kill you like this. I don't have the strength in my right arm left. I don't have the strength left in my right arm. Right? And the thing is, he looks like it's work. It looks like it's working pretty well to me. I don't know about you. Luke seems like he's about to die. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, But yeah, he doesn't have the same strength in his right arm since the doctor shot it back in Munich. And he brags that he could have killed Tenma at that point. But. It wasn't part of the plan. So, no. I mean, what what would have happened if Tedma just decided not to shoot in that moment? It just would have been awkward standing there for like another like 30 seconds. I know, right? Uh, yeah, it really kind of undercuts the tension in retrospect. But Tenma is to be the only sole survivor in Ruinheim. That is the plan. To leave him alone with all of the grief and the pain. To Chris die Taylor alone, hates the plot nameless. interruption. Here we go. That completely yeah. defeats the point of everything that Johan is going for. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know. I mean, I can understand that Roberto doesn't know what Johan really thinks. I'm willing to extend it at least a little bit of that grace. No, I don't really understand what this means at all, though. Like Tenma being the lone survivor completely def- deflates that. Oh, because he's the one person who remembers. Yeah, he knows him. Anna still yeah. knows him. Anna's still there. He's not going to kill Anna. Yeah, no. Well, he didn't. He doesn't try to. That, well, maybe he expected her to die too. I don't. I don't know. I'm unsure because Roberto has been out of the loop on the plan before, to the point of going, "Oh shit, we're all on fire." Oh god, you're right. But this also does not make sense in the slightest. With no. everything that we have been discussing for episodes. This is just a last minute swerve, like you a think, bad wrestling finish. You think that if you made a thing 
that's 74 however long the manga is the show is 74 episodes you think you would at least make sure that the main conceit of it is airtight like mm-hmm. what is the villain going for you think you would have that locked down at the very least so i mean maybe he would have anticipated that uh nino would commit suicide and she nearly did forget that but just go back to the tenma thing right yeah yeah, for what it's I, worth, know, I'm trying to remember what was what was it that um, I mean, because at the very beginning, right, Johan decides to like he basically says, Tenma, I want you to live because kind of out of gratitude that he saved his life. But then it turns into this whole other thing with Tenma. I don't I don't really remember how Johan's expresses motivations towards Tenma this entire time. It's been a long it's been a year. They <laughs> haven't really directly confronted each other since the burning library. That's true. Just like, hey, how's it hanging, buddy? Yeah. And pointing at his forehead and yeah. walking out of the building. Dude really wants to get domed and no one will do it for him. But why, he asks. why even bait him? Because that ruins your whole deal if he actually goes for it. Well, presu- yeah, I, you're right, because then Tenma... I guess he just assumes that no one's going to believe Tenma because he got framed so hard that he's going to be tortured with the knowledge okay. as the only person who thinks okay. so hot exists. I figured it out. So, the whole point of leaving Tenma alive is anybody who may have heard of Johan, everything gets pinned on Tenma. If everyone yeah. goes in on what Lungay thought of Tenma's the one yeah. with split yeah. personality disorder. Tenma is like his universal fall guy. But then why even have that much if you could just kill everybody who knows him? I guess he's like, I can't everybody. really... He's tried very hard, though. You can kill he succeeded, mostly. Seen, you can kill everyone who's seen your face, but you can't kill everyone who's heard of you and what you've done. So you can transfer that onto Tenma. Yeah, so this is also why I was surprised that Carl and Lottie survived the show. <laughs> because yeah, that, I thought they were going to get got. Because well, they we don't knew know him. that Lottie did. She's not in the finale. She she survives. I, I know, I'm just making it <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like, <laughs> well, rip to her, but... <laughs> imagine being less important than Detective Soup. <laughs> just stick slam on her well i mean to be honest she did not have multiple limbs uh shot so i think she got off pretty good she's less important than a guy whose name is detective suck <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck but anyway uh yeah Roberto is uh, still monologuing. He's saying he'll see the end, just like Johan did, he being Tenma. I want to see it too, detective. Sadly, you will not be here to witness anything. And then Roberto switches from his weak arm to his stronger left one. And at that point, Lungi takes a gasp of breath and just goes in really fucking hard, shoving his hand into the bullet wound in Roberto's uh, stomach and digging in with every finger, and they linger on this shot for a while. Yeah. 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 Real I gotta raunchy. say, I love the Lungay Roberto back and forth. This is such a brutal scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what's fucked up is that then shit happens off screen that is very important, but they yep. only do that for, a, for like a surprise reveal. 
It's real dumb. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh, man, it's incredible. He the get... ending only continues to get stupider from here. <laughs> yeah. I know. This. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, looking. Uh, it ends worse than Ava 3.0 did before 4 was out. <laughs> hey. Hey. I don't know if we're going to record it today or if we're going to come back for this, but another monster is so much dumber. You can right. tell us about that next week. <laughs> okay. Us recording this today. Okay. We'll okay. Just put that up on the Patreon. Okay. So. Yeah, the uh, the ties have turned, and Lugue is pushing back Roberto, who's screaming in pain. And then he grabs the pistol, jams it in Roberto's mouth, holding it with both hands on the trigger, and he says one more time, where the hell is Johan? Also, how's my wife again? <laughs> <laughs> is she looking healthy? Does she eating right? So we're at the Verstek again. Nina and Gillen have arrived, and she quickly realizes Johan isn't here. This is too central. He'd want somewhere he could watch safely. Still, Gillen says, we're right here. We might as well look inside the hotel. We knew Tenma was coming this way. Inside, Vim is now the only person holding a gun, shaking behind a table for cover with the wounded couple. But as soon as Nina comes into the light, he pauses. Oh, you look like that girl from the drawings. Nina flips out a bit upon the revelation that there's a pile of sketches of her and her twin. And when she hears about the vampire's house, she has another flashback and goes, oh, that's where he is. Yeah, mm -hmm. that he's the vampire, a thing that the show never says. Because it's mm -hmm. too busy wasting time on these lottery winning jackoffs who don't do anything at all. Their entire point is to explain how Lunge gets a rifle and it could just be in the hotel because it's the Winchester. <laughs> you know it's funny that's this is the do. second time that's true but there's also the second time we've used vampire to describe somebody and last time it was shuvold so mm -hmm. i don't know what's up with that is there like a like a german cultural thing about calling old creepy dudes vampires i have no idea yes play darklands okay <laughs> just saying uh, meanwhile, in other Oh, He's Still Alive news, Vim's father, Herbert, keeps walking through town, having seen no oh. corpses in hours. This motherfucker. He, cannot, he screams to the sky that the devil has come to town. I cannot believe what happens here. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But that's next episode. Oh. <laughs> it's true. Yep. Yeah. Fuck Sorry. It. I know. I know. I don't apologize for picking this series. And you didn't pick it, I picked it. Even better. <laughs> well, I don't have to apologize. Suck it. You, I wouldn't have believed you if you did. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, at Bonaparte's cabin... What? Nothing. At Bonaparte's cabin, Nina looks at the sketches spread all over the floor in a circle around some where someone could stand at the center of them. Gillen just voices what she's thinking. Oh, you're thinking Johan was here just before us, doing exactly what you're trying right now. What do you think he thought, seeing all these smiling-faced copies of you? Uh, Nina has another breakdown, another, I'm back, welcome home, I'm back, welcome home, over and over again, fuck off. 
Gillen, being the ultimate true crime pervert, pulls out his tape recorder and just goes, <laughs> stay sexy and don't get murdered, instead of trying to help him. <laughs> well, the thing is, he pulls out the recorder twice in this scene. Uh-huh. Like, he pulls it out here, and then it like comes out again as if he wasn't recording already. <laughs> My man just fucking dual-wielding recorders. Uh... Yeah, like, this is what happens when you, like, go out on adventures with your therapist. Like, no. they're gonna start taking notes on you. <laughs> could not, could not want to hang out <laughs> Could not imagine- You couldn't even get Reichvine, who has a personality. Gillen is just the sickos meme, but for murderers. <laughs> he is extremely into murderers, it's true. <laughs> I got a therapist who is mildly rude and unable to put up with bullshit, which is perfect. I prefer people who interact with duly noted you have mentioned this and yet we still record podcasts over two hours sometimes look it's fine (laughs) chris doesn't have to edit any of them we just have the same culture as moon studios uh (laughs) (laughs) i think it's red moon no it's not is it okay uh nina just completely breaks with reality first describing the scene of everyone dying in agony around her at the red rose mansion yawn and then flipping it to, it's very hard to tell, reenacting a conversation between herself and her mother, and maybe Johan, in which her mother tells the children they have to run, possibly their flight from the three frogs in and the fire. But when she finally comes back to herself, and Gillen just clicks the recorder one more time to be sure, she says that Johan was crying that night before she shot him. Maybe if I'd forgiven him back then, it wouldn't have escalated so far. All these innocent people might still be alive. Johan was already a psycho! Yeah. He was yeah. pretending to be you uh-huh. already! Yep. Ugh. Man. Yeah, you know, I hadn't even thought about it that Johan would be the one instigating that, and that raises other uncomfortable questions, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Ugh. Yeah. But she says that he was clearly crying, right here, where they stand now before they entered, and now he's gone into town to end all of this. We pan out of the window into the increasingly louder rain as it turns into static and that's the end of the episode. Two more to go! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of complaints. That takes still. us to 70... That takes us to 73, Landscape of the End. We, re- we resume at the Bergbach. Tenma is about to enter, with Bonaparte covering him, when... Vim runs up in the rain and says, you know, shouts, Dr. Tenma. Uh, a woman was asking for him, like the one from the drawings. And Tenma realizes it's Nina. And this is where Bonaparte gets his big emotional moment as uh, he hears this and reacts, Nina, I always wonder what her name would be. <laughs> Motherfucker, her mother tried to tell you she they had names. No, shut up. I'm busy. Uh, <laughs> Don't care. Didn't ask. <laughs> and now you care? <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, he asks, uh, do they call her Nina now? And Tenma says, yes, Nina Fortner. And Bonapra- Bonaparte cries, saying, it is a wonderful name. <laughs> Bim's also got a question for the adults, saying, hey, have you seen my dad? You don't think he's killed anyone, has he? I, I think they <gasps> would more like, you don't think he's dead, right? Because <laughs> I'm sure people would have want him dead. <laughs> But Bonaparte reassures him that, no, that's not like the man. And as soon as the adults are done with their mission, all three of them will look for his father and 
at the end of the street, standing stock still in the rain, just watching, is Johan. Not a particularly strong reveal in that moment. No. Eh. It's like not, he's not even standing on something tall. It's like, not well. Drawn. Last time we saw him, he was in the building. It's no. not. It's not like a well-realized scene, like the scene of Ringe walking away with a rifle. Like you'd think you could do a little better here because this is the big moment. Yeah, the framing is not very good. He's not even standing in the middle of the street. He's like slightly to the put him in an right. archway or something. Yeah, frame him somehow. Um. But anyway, Tenmo wastes no time putting himself between Johan and the others. Telling Bonaparte to get the boy to cover as the doctor draws on the young blonde kid. And he says, well, we finally meet again, Dr. Kenzo Tenma. And as the two men stare one each other down, crack. Bonaparte pistol whips Tenma from behind and instantly draws his own weapon on Johan. And this is where I go, are you fucking kidding me? Like an 80 year old man did this much damage to <laughs> Because Tenma is, like, out for, like, he, he's, like, down for the count for a little while. He can't really react at all. And Look, so Bonaparte fair, jump roping doesn't make the back of your skull thicker. <sighs> he gets hit in the shoulder, though. Like, he doesn't, I don't think he gets hit in the head. He gets hit in the back of the neck, man. All right, back of the neck, sure. Classic. It, it's definitely out. enough to knock a guy down. Yeah, but, like, Tenma is, like, like, struggling for, like, the next couple of minutes here. Well, are you sure? Because there's a lot of slow-mo going on, so it could be like 30 seconds. All right, maybe it's, it's like a fucking hour. I don't know. Yeah. I know. I could make fun of this ending, too. So Bonaparte begins walking gun out towards the younger man, and all he can say is, Let's die. You and me, let's die. Together. Johan is completely still and cool as Bonaparte gets within spitting distance. And we cut away to the intro with the sound of a gunshot. Again. When we resume, Bonaparte is bleeding from the mouth, bullet to the head. Johan is as still as before. Nina is running through town with Gillen giving chase in the portliest fashion. And she remembers the end of the Red Rose Massacre for no reason, once again giving more context to it. Uh -huh. where, where Bonaparte knelt down before her, told her, Run away from here and forget this. Why did you People even bring her? Become... People can become anything. You two must become shining jewels, never monsters. You, you, you know why, Chris? Because otherwise these people wouldn't have showed up. They all wanted to see her. No, you and... could just say she was going to be there. Sorry, her car is running late. Yeah, that would have been better. But then again, you don't get the trauma. And, it and we smash to anything. Nope. No. Because we smash cut back to Bonaparte's body falling into the street in slow motion. Hooray! <laughs> One less person who can say dumb shit. Tenma looks around as Vim runs to the man. And a few seconds later, the doctor sees the assassin, Roberto, looking a lot worse than before. His shirt's just basically made out of blood at this point. He's just stumbling through the street with his gun outstretched. He comes right up to Johan and Vim and collapses, falling over sideways as his body gives out. Yes, Johan. I have to see it now. The scenery for a doomsday. And Johan simply tells him, you can't see it now. You will never see it. Uh, and Johan's whole deal here is he thinks he's undeserving because Roberto still has one core memory and hasn't completely given up his life. Roberto is a faker compared to Johan. Uh, 
Roberto expires, and it's unclear if this response caused him to tear up or is the rain running down his face. And no one cares because Roberto sucks. And you were so fucking hype on Roberto for most of I'm this show. I'm hyped that Don't... Roberto comes back as a plot mechanic, but Roberto is a shitty character. I mean, oh. I think he's fun to watch, but he's not very well integrated into the plot. Roberto is like the cop Terminator from the new Terminator. Oof. Which Comparing anyone Terminator? to something from Dark Fat is bad. It was fine. I liked it. it was... I uh, thought it got a little ham-handed in places. I have not seen a Terminator. It's a good action movie, not a good Terminator. Okay, that's a fair That's a fair point. It has some good sequence. I, I have not seen a Terminator since 3. That's a good stopping point. I thought Genesis was supposed to be, was considered no. like decent. No, buddy. I saw no. that Oh my! God. It had the best Ooh. trailer! Genesis has such interesting ideas executed in the worst way. That's the one with the Nine Inch Nails, like the Day the World Went Away trailer, right? Um, I, think so. I don't think so. I don't know which one. I don't know what, yeah, I don't know which one had that trailer. That's the one with Matt Smith. That is the one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Genesis had an interesting idea that immediately went into dumb places, and that's why it was yet another case of, we're starting a new trilogy, we're throwing out the new trilogy. <laughs> Tenma screams at Vim to get out of here. He keeps his gun laser-locked on Johan. Johan speaks, Dr. Tenma, you always said all lives are equal, but I see you finally realized it now. The only time we're equal is your dad. Thank you. You're like, gonna go update my live journal now. Johan raises his finger to his forehead again in the same shoot me bitch, and uh, this time, as the two men stare each other down, he speaks. You can see it now, the scenery for Doomsday. We cut between both eyes, zooming in until it's simply the two men across from each other on that desolate plain from the intro, where the twins collapse on the border. A blighted land with no vegetation and only dirt and bleakness under a sick yellow sky. And before anyone can make a move... Nina makes her way down the street, screaming for Tenma to hold his fire. And she yells to Johan that she forgives him. I, I, I don't understand this. I don't, I don't understand what he's... I mean, obviously he's got a lot to uh, <laughs> be forgiven for, but I don't know what she means specifically in this case. Uh, maybe I'm just being stupid. But she says she forgives him, would always forgive him. Fuck you. And even if you were the last two people... Even if it's the last two people on Earth, I would forgive you. I We don't have to get into it. I just don't understand what this turn is really trying to be about. Because I think it's about what happens at the end with the mother, what comes out of that. But even then, that feels like it's backwards. Uh-huh. Right? Like, that is not Nina's responsibility okay. to apologize for what her mother did. Can you believe that in the last episode... We introduce a new character. Fucking A. Well, she's not yep. a new character. It's the no, first time she's she first, present in the uh, plot. Basically a new character. Fuck off, man. Basically. I know, I know. Before I know. that, I'm, she's a... <laughs> I'm being a peanut. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry at all. But it's a... <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, she's she's had dialogue before. But anyway. Yeah. His response to this is simply resigned. It's no use. Some things simply cannot be undone. <laughs> the worst guy you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's no turning back. 
Dr. Tenma is going to shoot me. Isn't that right, Dr. Tenma? And with a slow, smooth move, Johan brings a gun out from his pocket and points it at, Wit at Vim's head. At this point, Tenma's face is all rage. And the thing is, this face he makes, like the gritty, like, I'm about to shoot you face, face. looks real. It's real goofy to me. Like, I, I can't take it seriously. It just is a little too much. Yeah, I've, it's been a minute. When was the last cartoon I saw that was Disney? Shut up, Matt. Don't do not linger on my goofy face joke. <laughs> I get it now. Anyway. Oh, oh, is this yep. a Kingdom Hearts thing? <laughs> goofy. Oh! Goofy. goofy exists outside of Kingdom Hearts. How not dare to you. sports goofy. Not to As you. Goof I have goofy. a child. As he does. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. There is a whole goofy parallel universe. Goofy is having sex, Matt. Oh, I've seen the Goofy. I've seen a Goofy movie. I kind of want to rewatch it. I'm curious how it holds up. It's, it's still pretty good. good. It holds up. It's great. All right. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen it in a long time. I remember seeing it, though. Don't so, watch it. It's yeah. with children. You're an adult. G Chris. Yeah, knock your wife up first. Then it's allowed. You can do it like Chris did. Absolutely. We're working on it. Anyway. Uh, so, um, yeah. At this point, oh, yeah, like Tedma, yeah, he's got the rage face on and uh, he looks desperate as he asks, as uh, Johan asks again, isn't that right, Dr. Tenma? Then Nina runs in and Tenma screams and there is a gunshot and it is Johan bleeding from the side, I believe, of his head. Yeah, it, it means it can't be Tenma. It's hard to tell at the angle they show it. Like, maybe I just wasn't paying close attention. I assume that Tenma made this shot at first. And I'm like, they finally fucking did it. Well, you would assume that because that was the emotional arc of the show. Exactly. And then it turns <laughs> out <laughs> we can't have our protagonist actually do his full fall from grace, no matter how dire things get in front of him. And <laughs> like, because apparently his will not to kill is that strong. And then we double down on it later with the surgery thing. Oh, oh my god. Uh-huh. 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 My man just loves his problematic fave too much. <laughs> Apparently. Uh so Nina also pauses and everything happens in slow motion. Her brother's body is falling. Vim is panic Vim is panicking. Tenma is aghast. And there's a commercial break as Johan's body lies there in the rain. And then you when we resume silk milk or whatever. Can you fucking imagine? It was Silk Milk would not be airing on sci-fi. Okay. 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 All I'm saying is imagine a commercial here. Oh yeah. This I mean, would have yeah. had a non-zero chance of being an ad for WWE Raw at the time. Hell yeah. Which also aired on sci-fi. Are also those gunner glasses, right? Like the yellow tinged Ooh, ones? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the stupidest dude bro ads you could imagine between these two portions. It's such a good mental image. Oh my image. god. I'm, okay, right now, right now, episode art. We need to have Tenma with his rage face, but wearing those gunner glasses. Alternatively, I need to find some way to make Lunke and Roberto's violent battle into a manscaped ad. <laughs> <laughs> ah, hmm. I mean, honestly, you would probably it's do easy. better, you though. You just Photoshop the, the part of him choking with a hand holding a razor as though he's trimming Lungay's neck. 
Yeah, you know, I might actually know the exact frame to use for that. Yeah, it's perfect. I think we have our episode art, just to finally ruin the ending of this. (laughs) (laughs) Shape impact all over again. It's either going to be that or me putting the gun peeking around the corner through the hospital Mm -hmm. window on the final (laughs) shot. There's just too many options. There's so many dumb options. Look, I'm sorry, we can't do shave impact again. We can't do it. I've got the blade, (laughs) and I'm ready to shave. (laughs) (laughs) are moving at the speed of light. All right, so when we come back from commercial, we cut back a few seconds in time. Herbert wanders onto the scene, still bemoaning the devil coming to town. And then he sees all these people in the street, and he doesn't know a damn one of them except for his kid. And then he realizes another man has a gun to his son's head. And he remembers, oh right, those two old people gave me a gun ages ago. I was he going screams to the that, pub with it. <laughs> he screams that this guy is the devil, and he fires, and we hard cut from this to a helicopter landing. I'm so mad at this Yo, because he screams. This random junk, like d- drunk dick. Can you believe it? Well, yes. I, the thing that I don't believe, and again, this is the monster likes to believe sound doesn't exist or travel very far sometimes, is that he is not that far away. He's around the corner and he is shouting about the devil and nobody notices this. This does not come up in the audio whatsoever in the previous scene where everyone's real tense and quiet and like Johan is doing his little whisper talking thing. And you would have heard this motherfucker in the scene. Like, absolutely. It just boggles the mind that this is just thrown in here like this. Well, Matt, you see people so addicted to various substances and considered non-existent to our society, and this is like a really, really <laughs> insight. And then they shoot you. That's right. Don't trust them. Uh, with everything so flooded, it's the only way medical teams can get in, and the police follow as well, along with a news crew who took the same back roads that Nina and Gillen did. And we begin flipping between each party entering Ruinheim, which is now Ruinheim. The medics are coordinating with the cops, trying to find any survivors. The news team act as our narration as we jump between scenes. Two survivors have been found, one taken into custody. It's Vim and Herbert, the latter being booked for confessing to shooting a young man, even if the confessions describe the person he shot as a beast with seven heads and horns attacking his son. Elsewhere, police are asking Dr. Gillen, a figure of some renown, to explain the story again. You're saying this young man arranged the murder of an entire town as a suicide. You have to run by me a second time. And then he says, it would take a long time, and you still wouldn't understand it. Shut the fuck up! It's true, though. Dr. Gillen (laughs) is the worst at his job. I hate him. You can't say what we're all thinking, Dr. Gillen. (laughs) (laughs) We pass over Nina and Tedma off to the side, just huddled together. Just, like, transplanted out of this war of mine. And Vim is, like, extremely upset that his father is getting arrested. Shut up, Vim. Everyone but you is glad. And he should be glad. But also, you know, toxic family relationships, etc. Things are complicated. But... Yeah. A few cops uh, bemoan that they can't find a single local PD to catch them up on what happened, because apparently cops can only trust other cops. I guess this is uh, this pans out of real life. Foreshadowing. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's one guy, but 
quote, his statement seemed delirious, which is also like the guy they just arrested. Uh It's almost like something really traumatic just happened to this entire town full of dead people and the survivors are kind of traumatized. Go figure. Better not interrogate that. Mm -hmm. From a stretcher, a voice pipes up. I believe I could be of some assistance. It's a bandaged Lunge. And then he explains why he wasn't there a moment ago and why Roberto got there before he did. And it was because, you know, he explains Roberto was the person who orchestrated the violence. Lunge confronted him in the midst of the carnage. But while he thought he had knocked Roberto out, in the, which is weird because the last time we saw him, he was asking questions with a gun in his mouth. I don't know when Shut he got the knocked fuck out. Up, Lunge. Yeah, I'm very confused by this. But apparently he thought Roberto passed out. I say passed out. And this was not true. And the man clubbed him in the back of the head with his pistol where Lunge lost consciousness and couldn't finish the rest of the story aside from, well, I see he's dead over there. <laughs> and I'm like, Roberto should have fucking just killed him. Why did he leave Lunge alive? It doesn't make sense. He was just about to kill him. <laughs> Well, because man. at that point, Roberto broke from the plan and wanted to go hear about a doomsday. If he did, yeah, but he's, what would yeah. have happened, Matt? That's the thing. Like, yeah, you couldn't have, you would not have Tenma be cleared without Lunge surviving. Because you know what? If that didn't happen, we would have had to deal with Klaus Poppy and his monster would have to pass judgment on a single character. Mm-hmm. And instead, it doesn't. It tries to make well, I mean, everyone seem morally gray, except for Klaus Poppy, the real villain, who it conveniently kills right before it would have to say something. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, at the end of this, I mean, Johan's story gets out. Presumably Roberto's story gets out. I, who knows what happened to Klaus Poppy's story? Maybe it, it comes out as a part of this, but they don't address that at all in the ending. Nope. So. Do you want an answer to that? It Not is right in the, uh, the, 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 okay. the next monster thing, right? Yeah. Tell you right now, the ending of Monster, not making a good case for me reading that other thing you told me to read. Oh, no, don't. Do not read another monster. No, the Fucking... other thing. Oh, okay, got it. Speaking of Goofy, whatever it's uh, called. Pluto, yeah. yeah. There we go. Oh, Pluto, yeah. Uh, Pluto is a much tighter work, that's it. It would mm-hmm, it would mm-hmm. be impossible for that not to be true. <laughs> the Tezuka estate had some input. Let's put it that way. So the lottery ticket couple survive. Woohoo. But Hooray! apparently they lost the lottery ticket. And then like the husband was like, okay, I'm going to go back and get it. And she's just like, no, we don't need it. We're already happy. This is all I need. Shut up. And you live like, in a capitalist society. Yeah. Bum, it's, bum, idiot, go get that's it. Exactly. Yeah, go get it and, like, donate it to fucking later. charity or something. Yeah, it's so it's so <clears> dumb. <throat> I mean, and you probably know where it is. It wouldn't be a very, like, wide area to look it's for. In it's hotel. in the hotel. It's in the hotel. <laughs> Either in, in the lobby or the basement. rooms where you were crouched down. Exactly. Uh, like, you know what would be even funnier? You know what would be even funnier? If it got, if, when he got shot. It hit the ticket and ruined the numbers so you couldn't see it. That would have been great. Do that. What you did is way stupider. I mean, it's only I don't think it's it's trying to be like the thing is, it's trying to make a point about 
the relationship that these people have, but we don't care about them. And the story isn't about that. And I don't find it believable. Yeah. Yeah. That either. I, uh, you would be really funny if he just told a cop like, Hey, by the way, if you find a lottery ticket, like go make millions of Deutschmarks, <laughs> just do it. Um, anyway, a random officer passes by IDing the survivors and recognizes Tenma. On the medevac copter, Lunge is loaded via a stretcher beside Johan. He's breathing. The detective asks if the paramedics know about the blonde's condition. Ah, he's in terrible shape. Even if we had a neurosurgeon here, we... You do. He's in town. Get him quickly. No, what they say is the world's best neurosurgeon. (laughs) I mean, he is. That's That's only in the fan subs from memory. That's so stupid. (laughs) <laughs> the fan subs, by the way, are shitting the bed so hard, but it's not even funny anymore. At one point, they replaced the letter I with a number one. I saw that. Extremely <laughs> I didn't funny. Even, I did not notice this. <laughs> I just blew right past three it. minus two thing. Yeah. Oh, my God, that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope that's a joke. Like, if that's a joke, it's a great joke. It had to have been a joke. No one would do that. It's extremely funny. I don't know. They're so incompetent. They're clearly phoning it in at this point. It could have been a 50-50. Look, let's be real. I'm phoning it in at this point. I don't blame them at all. (laughs) All right. So as the cops are about to arrest Tedba because they're all like, yep, that's that world famous murder doctor. uh, One of the paramedics runs in screaming for him. They allow him to go since he was called for by Inspector Luke, who outranks all of them. Tenma <laughs> Tenma refuses to move, knowing what's about to be asked for him of him, but Nina urges him on. I want to forgive him, but you don't need forgiveness. Not for what you did then, nor for what you'll do now. Duh! Fucking duh! Everyone's been telling you this, Tenma! Oh my god. That is the spark he needs, and Tenma trudges toward the edge of town. I hate him. Along I the hope way- he gets hit by a car. Along the way, he takes a moment to calm down Vim, who's crying over his father being taken away to sober up and give a statement. Who cares, Vim? You shouldn't have been in the show either. Well, he's not in the finale. This is literally his ending. Uh, That takes us into episode 74, The Real Monster, which was Chris Taylor for making everybody watch Monster for a year and a half. (laughs) We resume on the characters everyone was asking about. Carl and Shuvald! Carl, uh-huh. still fucking up his Latin, and Shuvald's like, wow, you fucking suck, but I guess you're a little bit better now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I like, because uh, in order to be perfect, you would have to be a psychopath like Johan. <laughs> Real Chris Taylor parenting hours here. He then suggests <clears throat> that he'd really love to see that Japanese doctor one more time. You racist? That it? Oh, the only thing anyone knows about Tenma is that he's Japanese. And Carl oh, says, and he's a doctor. Uh-huh. <laughs> Carl says, it'd be hard. He's traveling the world right now with the MSF. Fuck off. <laughs> they don't even say the MSF yet. They just say he's traveling the world. Oh, that's even dumber. But Carl agrees. He'd love to see Tenma again. I wouldn't pass. Let's get out of here. Making the wrap it up motion for 20 minutes. They didn't, like, they weren't friends. No! They didn't hang out. It's just a guy you met one time. 
I mean, like, yeah, he did an important thing for you. He saved your life, probably. But, like, also Nina did, too. But it doesn't ask for Nina back. I don't think Shuvald even ever talked to Nina. No! Uh, but anyway, our next stop is Ava, who is in Dr. Reichfein's office. The only one She's of the wrap-ups be- that's good. I agree. I agree. Yeah, when I said that Ava had an actual arc, I meant it. I just love how she just, she just completely sat out of this whole Ruinheim thing. Yeah, you know. yeah. She realized that. Why in the hell would you go to the this murder is dumb town? As fuck. I'm gonna smoke some cigs in the alley. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you tried to do a thing and almost got you killed. You survived. You're done. See, this is what I thought was gonna happen after the Martin thing. She would have been like, "I'm done," and then she's like, "I got to do one more thing," and she goes, "Nope, actually, no. I really, I'm done." <laughs> but she's begun a new career in interior design, and she says there's an irony about her like she's specializing in kitchens and she says like oh that's ironic since i never set foot in one for most of my entire life because i've been rich as no one i've been rich as fuck the entire time here's what you do you put some marble countertops on it you add an island and a double sink you're done you did it good job ava maybe some subway tiles buddy you have no fucking idea how hard it is to redo a kitchen holy especially in european housing Yeah. Uh, here's the funny thing is like, where did she get the qualifications to get a job in this? Like, there's a whole lot of connected tissue, which I don't to connect, convince one of your dumb, rich prick friends to hire you. You don't need qualifications. Not when you're yeah, that's wealthy. True. It, you that's go true. That's true. A referral system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway, it's working out for her. Only the poor like... Angie's list, Matt. <laughs> That was such a weird swing. It was not a weird swing. <laughs> Shut up. You, I do not care about your opinion on this. You were borderline unhoused. <laughs> what? <laughs> In terms of knowing about stuff about houses, everyone with a house knows what Angie's list is. Please. It's like Craigslist, but for contract. I know what the fuck it is. <laughs> It's the Chris fact that you're doing the... violence against non-homeowners. It's the fact that in the middle of this, you decided to just go, you know who needs to be taken down a page? Angie's list. That's right. That's <laughs> the weird swing. No, it's not weird. Please. It's not called Angie's list anymore. Is I think they not? renamed it recently. No. No, I think I they just rebranded. Go. Hold on. I could be thinking of something else. Yeah, it's yes, it's just called Angie now. A N G I. Because it's tell me that there are things listed here. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you did e. this just so I could learn that very stupid fact. <laughs> they dropped the E so that the uh, SEO wouldn't be ruined by the fact that it's just a name. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now it's just one half of a Devil May Cry 3 boss. <laughs> Ruda.com. It's a typo on a fucking SMT spell. Ruda.com exists, <laughs> solving your optical engineering problems with innovative designs and custom hardware solutions. Angi and Ruda is a Devil May Cry 3 boss, man. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Okay. I have All never right. played a Devil May Cry. Got Good it. Because it's an hour and a half long mission and extremely hard. In the original version, if you died, you redid the entire mission. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Mm. Save states. Anyway... The two joke a little back and forth, but we do remember that this is a therapy session for a moment when uh, she has a down and out about uh, Martin's final words being that he was happy knowing that she was waiting for him at the station or would be waiting for him at the station. Who cares? And 
And Ava says, people are built so strangely. The sadness fades away until all that remains are the happiest memories, which is bullshit because we know Nina there has like, has a lot of really bad memories that are like probably still plaguing her somewhat. Hmm. Hmm. But Reichbein says, that's the whole reason we can keep on living. It's actually because killing yourself is difficult and illegal. Ha! Also, Nina is, and I say this as someone who dated a very driven female lawyer, basically going to use all that, that trauma. I'm sorry to them. <laughs> this was years ago. <laughs> Before the descent into madness. Also true. Also, uh, have I never told you that she's furious that I continue to make a joke to this day, which is, don't worry, I know law, I fucked a lawyer once? <laughs> Just once? <laughs> she's so angry that I treat her profession like an STD for all the work she had to go through to get that degree. <laughs> I'm sorry that you're a dumbass. It's a good joke. It's a good joke. <laughs> yes, I... Lawyers get what lawyers deserve. Here's the thing. Even a more terrifying, I have said to people, I slept with a lawyer, and they then take this as, like, reason to go, oh, yeah, so you would know the answer to my question. <laughs> I would take that as a horrible condemnation of your character. <laughs> Chris, I'm married to a paralegal. That's what like, isn't a horrible condemnation of like my character? That's like up there with sleeping with a marine, basically, to me. Oof. What about sleeping with a Marine's wife? Very cool. Thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> Look, someone's got to keep them busy while uh, they're off on uh, Look, <laughs> on missions. You're supporting the troops. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of things that'll save his back in the long run. Let's That's put it right. that way. Anyway, Suk and Verdemont, <laughs> and more characters we care about, are at Grimmer's grave. I which can't believe they're here! Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <sighs> Phoenix Wright here cleared Grimmer's name posthumously again. Hopefully he did it fucking right this time, unlike his dad. They don't hold trials for dead people! <laughs> uh, Lunke arrives as the first two are commenting on how they could never find his real name, and Lunke's just like, honestly, he died without telling us anything. Lunke and corrects Suk when he calls him Inspector, as the older detective retired to become an instructor at the Academy. Uh, yeah, so he didn't get fired. I have more conversations with my daughter now. Well, emails, anyway. What matters most is what we can communicate in our lives. Grimmer probably had a lot of things he wanted to discuss over a good beer. And Lungate places one on the grave. Mm-hmm. This is before we invented Boyle. <laughs> to be fair, Lungate also has probably never heard a rap song. <laughs> That's not oh true. my god, Luke imagine Luke rides around blasting getting low. Let's be real. No, Lunge would not do that just because he doesn't want to be put into the wrong headspace at work. <laughs> I am rolling around. I am in my whip. I am this the is wonderful. Boys. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> I am a rough rider. I ride or die. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> No, I don't I, look. It's both been a long are good time. jokes. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like mm, what what rap crews do I remember from the '90s? <laughs> it's like how about the Wu Tang Clan, Matt? 
Oh, oh, right, them. I don't really know enough about the Wu-Tang Clan to make jokes about it. They made one good album and then made a bunch of other music continuing to today, and they shouldn't have. Chris, Chris, Iron Flag Chris was can okay, I say something I that makes you mad? What? Can I say something that's going to make you mad? Yeah, sure. The only Wu-Tang song I knew growing up was Gravel Pit. That's literally that the only great. Wu-Tang song I've ever heard. It's fine. Good it's a song. good song, Enjoy but it's it. really random. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's a good song. Uh, not a great metaphor for, you know, but anyway. We return to the doctor's office. Ava says she's moving back to Dusseldorf for work, even despite the memories there. Sorry, it's been a year. Don't remember what happened in Dusseldorf. Uh, that's the whole place where her house burned down. She almost got murdered by Roberto, etc. You did it! Shut (laughs) up! Speaking of putting away the past, she says, you can have this. And she hands right to, sorry, she says, well, okay. Does she say you can have this? Because the subs say, dispo- can't you dispose of this? You should me? probably not be taking the subs as gospel on any of this shit, man. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, no, she says, you can have this, speaking of putting away the past. Okay, because those read very differently because then Gia just, Reichwein immediately reads it. And I'm like, if someone tells you, get rid yeah. of this, and as a therapist, you decide to open it, that is malpractice. Uh-huh. But also, then why would he give it to her? Why couldn't she just throw it out him- herself other than saying, hey, I want you to read this first and then throw it out? Like, it's basically yeah. just closing the book on some things and also. Literally. Well, yeah. literally. <laughs> so she hands him a notebook full of clippings from Tenma's trial and the aftermath. Reckvine mentions that he and Gillen will always be on call if needed. No thanks. You guys are very bad, <laughs> as well as Dieter and him. And Ava simply asks that they send Tenma her regards. As Reichwein reads through it, we learn that Tenma was cleared of all charges and joined the Doctors Without Borders. And all he has to say is, the further you get in, the articles get shorter and shorter. Wow, can't believe one person wasn't relevant for the rest of their life. Fuck <laughs> off. And he closes the notebook. Dieter. Well, and the most baffling character. I know, right here, right here. more baffling than Detective yeah, like, Sue. Dieter is uh, a little older now. And he's on his way to soccer, soccer practice, like, juggling a ball the entire time in, like, a loop of animation. Finally having grown into his unfortunate Urasawa man. <laughs> and uh, he's being harassed by Heckle. Do you remember Heckle? Like, the chipmunk-looking motherfucker? I did, because he had the, his one character trait was those grotesque teeth and a loving and a, and a ponytail. Like, a real skeezy-looking ponytail. Uh, so. That's just called a ponytail. Hey. It looks good on women. Thank you. Disagree. <laughs> wow. 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 Now, pigtails, no thank you. Look, I ride or die for the Bob. Get out of here with that ponytail Bob's good. Shit. Pixie cuts I am good. in no way Undercuts putting good. my hair up in a Bob for eight hours of sometimes warehouse work. Get a bun. <laughs> oh, get a beehive. Let's go. Beehive? This bitch telling me to dress like Princess Leia at work over here. <laughs> no, that's not... I didn't say buns! <laughs> a single bun goes on the back of your head! Whatever the top of your head is going, where the cowlicks go? <laughs> Chris, th- this motherfucker who, like, is losing his hair is telling somebody else how to do their hair. This is very funny to me. <laughs> Look! I'm living vicariously! <laughs> you can live vicariously through these diminishing nuts. <laughs> I already have those! <laughs> oh, fuck. Mine's smaller. 
anyway, Heckle's here. <laughs> I believe you, not a con. <laughs> uh, so Heckle tells Dieter, you've gotten a little taller since I last saw you. And <laughs> Dieter, like, still giving him shit, says, uh, you've gotten sleazier since I saw you last. And uh, the sleazeball keeps griping on how he can't get held with a Tenma ever since he went off to look cool by doing a job that makes you no money. And uh, Tenma asked to asked Heckle to look for a missing person and paid for all the expenses. But Heckle gripes saying it wasn't enough money and tries to pass the bill on to Dieter to deliver to Tenma next time he sees him. And the preteen just kicks a ball off of Heckle's head and runs off to go to soccer practice. I also love how he's like, I'm going to strong arm Tenma into doing like illegal surgeries again if he does this to me. And he just yells it in a crowded area. Uh-huh. Well, Tenma's name is clear now, so it's not like it's, you know, verboten to know him. That's not the part I was talking about. How about running, yelling out the part where I'm going to have you do illegal surgery? <laughs> name a single person in the world who would look at Otto Heckel and not just go, ah, yes, low-level mob goon. Oh my god, I'm just... Just because that's true doesn't mean it's not ridiculous. You, you know what I? You know what would be really funny to me is if Heckle got in on the Ruinheim, like, I'm gonna go there, grabs a gun, I'm gonna go to Ruinheim and end all this, and then make a lot of money from from it somehow. From picking walls. <laughs> oh god, if he were in Ruinheim, yeah, he would loot all the bodies. Looting bodies, no. yeah! No. <laughs> no. Yes. no, 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 no. Otto Heckle would not be looting bodies that would be oh my god baby shit he would no. be picking through houses looking for safes no 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 disgusting beaver teeth to gnaw into a bank. what if he stole the lottery ticket there we go <laughs> oh my god that would be incredible <laughs> let's be real there is definitely some alternate world true crime podcast about the ruinheim incident where mm-hmm. every like 50 fucking dorks with microphones like Gillen's little recorder are going around that town going, what happened to the lottery ticket? A single <laughs> officer remaining in this ghost town? Uh-huh. I just, I just would love, like, it would probably be bad for, like, the theme of the show and all that, but if after all this, Otto goes and finds the ticket and gets rich and just doesn't have to do shit anymore, and now he's bored because he's not doing crime. Like, that would be a better end to this character. Secret, what the show does is bad for the themes of the show. So what do you <laughs> Or like he's like te- like I heard about a I heard about a lottery ticket in the Ruinheim thing, but it was it was just too hot and full of cops. Like I couldn't go there and like scout around. So I you know maybe I'll go back and try to find it later or something. <laughs> then it would have like okay I would have not hated the lottery ticket thing quite as much. <sighs> so we cut to southern France. A caption tells us. Tenma, now clean-shaven again, slightly older but smiling for the first time in ages, is bringing some baked goods to a convent. He heads out to a bench to talk to an older blonde woman, still gorgeous. It is the twins' mother. They discuss Mendel and genetics for a moment. The chat can- You can't- you cannot be horny for an 80-year-old victim of a eugenics experiment, Sybil. I said she looks gorgeous. That's it. Uh-huh. It's a compliment. Uh-huh. Okay, sure. I a little sus since you don't compliment everyone else who comes into the show. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'd go down on Tenma too, especially clean shaven. That dude could get it. <laughs> Better? Better. I'm gonna be yeah. real. 
He has like cleaned up quite a bit. Like he looks way younger now. Uh, he looks well. younger than he does in the first episode. It's true. He does. It's because Which I found out because the thing we downloaded has the first episode again as episode 75. Yeah, I kept telling you guys when you were talking about there being a 75th. No, that's just a trailer. That's just a yeah. weird trailer that played at some it's point. It's not a trailer. It's the whole first episode. Anyway, uh, yeah, they, they chat a little. She mentions his visits have been regular and pleasant. And she says, uh, today I feel so good I could talk about anything, even the terrifying parts. She mentions her vow of vengeance once more, the whole, if I don't kill you, my children will. And she asks if the twins are still alive. He tells her, yes, they're well. Uh-huh. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's Doing one way great. to put it. Like, here's the thing. I presume that there's a part of this conversation that we don't see, given Tenma's dream sequence later, right? Because how would he know any of that unless... You know, you know, their mother told him about it. Right? Does that, you does that track with y'all too? You can't think about how that last sequence works. Well, we, well we'll talk about We're it. Gonna. Okay. I'm just saying, uh, we smash cut to Nina running through a college campus again. It's a really funny cut because she's silent. We don't see her reach the destination. It's like some family guy cutaway shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we just go back to the previous conversation. Yeah, and we and just becomes... smash cut to her running through the street for no reason. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. She's, 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 kids well, are, she's running for her life. <laughs> Your kids are fine. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it becomes clearer the mother is here for care because she is fading into dementia. Which, again, Chris mentioned, like, 70, 80. I may never remember this again, so I have to say it now. I gave names to both of those children, and I'll tell you what they are. We will not be told what they are. <laughs> she can get it, but it'd be problematic if she did. <laughs> we return to Nina, where she's panting as she makes it not to a classroom, but an office. She's visiting her professor about the results of her thesis. Uh, let's not think about how long this happens after the end of the show, uh, because... This is still the same semester or year when she left college prior, according to the man, which makes zero fucking sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially Sorry, for I like take a gap year for Nazi stuff. But also like the amount of work you have to do as a law student, like you can't just cram that. Yeah. Well, you can, but it's a very different kind of cramming and it does involve professor's office visits. Oof. Oh, don't like that. She get disbarred for that. <laughs> anyway, he says her work is superb. Turns out her grade suffered, but she knocked the actual paper out of the park. And that's it. She graduated. Hooray. Dieter calls her and she tries to uh, play it downbeat. He's like, I can tell from your voice that you did it. And he also mentions that Tedma will be in town the next day. So Nina cancels her graduation party with her friends. Mm -hmm. All one of them. Sorry, Lottie. <laughs> Well, there's a couple. You see a couple there that we've not met before. Yeah, Nina's always been the most popular girl on campus. Yeah, because she's hot. Mm. And friendly. <laughs> and smart as a tack. And very smart. Yeah, the thing is, like, okay, the way they sell this seed is, like, the professor is just so ornery and is, like, framing everything as if he's disappointed and then just turns around, like, by the way, this is the best paper I've literally ever read. And it's kind of like, Really? <laughs> Okay, fine. We'll give it. I'll give it to Nina. She deserves something good. 
So we cut to Tenma at a police hospital. He's visiting one of the patients, a comatose Johan. He said, I visited your mother again. She still loves you. She told me your name. You have a name, Johan. And it cuts off with Tenma suddenly having a hallucination of Johan rising up and communicating wordlessly. And the thing is, like, it's cut with, like, a sting, like a, you know, like a horror sting. So you think it's actually happening. It's trying to sell you that, like, Johan just woke up. This would be better than what happens. I know. Yeah. yeah. And he says, I'll tell you a story, Dr. Tenma, just for you. The time the monster appeared in front of me. And we see a flashback where Bonaparte is entering the apartment with two goons and the mother is screaming at the man saying, Bonaparte saying, this is an experiment. One will come with us. The other will stay. You choose which one we take. And we're seeing this from, uh, it looks like it's Nina's perspective, actually, because. No, it's not. It's outside all of their bodies. It's just a third person. Oh, I'm thinking the flashback where the mother shows up from Nina's perspective, like looking up at her. Um, yeah. yeah, so we see that the two twins are huddled at their mother's waist. Both are dressed in, uh, you know, dresses and, you know, wearing long hair and bows and stuff. And this is where we learn that a gesture and comment their mother made with Tenma, uh, which she, uh, she clutched her hand and said, uh, don't let go. Apparently it was both of her children pleading with her to not let them go to the experiment. Uh, the mother's faith, the mother's face goes cold, and she swings Johan forward first, and then Anna, and said, basically, she's like, oh, "This one, no, this one." She's she's in a Sophie's Choice situation. Meeny, meeny, miny, uh, <laughs> and we return to Johan and Tenma. He said, "Well, Doctor, was my mother saving me that day, or did she just m- mistake me for my sister in the moment?" So remember, no, you just spoke. Shut up, Johan. When we were in the red light district episode and I commented on Johan as Anna getting so fucking cold when the orphan talked about how his mother would know him on sight or how his identity and his sisters were so intertwined that he couldn't tell her stories apart. Yeah, revisit that knowing this last second reveal. I just don't. Why? Like, are we supposed to assume? All right, let's finish it, and then let's talk about this. Hats on hats on hats on hats. Let's just finish this last bit, and then we'll talk about this, because I I think there's a lot to unpack in this. Okay. Uh, Tenma jolts awake, this whole thing having come from presumably falling asleep exhausted. Johan is still in a coma. And the doctor stands up. Well then, I guess this is goodbye. He walks out through the hallways. And the final shot of the series is a return to Johan's hospital bed, now empty, with an open window beside it. This shot is what we see in place of the children's book panels as the credits roll. Let's go. All right. So, okay. Here's the thing. Like, are we supposed to assume that Johan's entire obsession with his sister or sense of not wanting to exist or wanting to disappear or not wanting to have names or any of that. That's all tied to the fact that his mother didn't choose him to be traumatized or chose his sister no, to be traumatized. That she initially chose him. That she initially, that he was the unwanted one. Cause I don't feel and like that makes, no, that makes him wonder if it was a mistake that he was meant to go. It, the fact that she chose him first makes him unsure. I just, I mean, it's the only, I feel like I still don't know why the, why there's still the cross-dressing in the 
first place? Like we we never discussed it never nope. came up, right? We like, have no idea why the mother did that or why the, the kids did that on their own or whatever. Would be to help the kids basically to make it random so one of them can't get picked out. Right? They can't be singled out by the runners of the experience. So is the idea that like we'll only half traumatize each instead of completely traumatize one? Well no, they're they're doing Nazi eugenic shit where one twin is a control. I I don't know. I it seems kind of random. Like I it was one of those things that I was thinking, like, why was that there in the first place? It was treated as a twist on whether or not it was Nina or Johan going, you know, for the experiments because the whole like I came back and saw myself greeting myself, which was confusing, but not a very good twist, to be honest. And and then here it's like because how does that any of that tie into like so he wanted he thought that he was the unwanted one therefore he wanted to erase no, everyone's memory of him sure if he's the unwanted one yeah and then therefore he wants to erase everyone's memory of him and his sister he's look Johan already has a problem let's let's be real yeah yeah it's kind of hard to tell where horrible experiment and family with a let's be kind and say mental illness runs in his mother's family and uh yeah a, a lot of things we could read into this before all the constant men coming in or houses burning down or killing people and regretting it yeah i feel like it's just johan just starts murdering people and we don't ever get like I feel like most people, there's usually some instigating incident, right? That that would drive someone to murder someone, especially to serial murder someone. It just feels like bodies start falling and we don't know why. And it's just, we have to round up, up from, we would have to just round up from Johan was a psycho as a child too, and then leave it at that. It's kind of uh-huh. un- unsatisfying, you know, because that starts this whole ball, snowball rolling. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we are to assume that Johan already has an unhealthy fascination with his sister. Yeah. That's why he starts dressing like her. I mm-hmm. don't think it's something his mother did, because that's the only way that the assume assuming her identity thing works even on the And it's just that Johan already had a problem, I guess. But by the way, Sybil, uh I'm like like half mad at you because you implied in one of our posts that got pinned in our Discord that there was going to be incest in this show. And so I, this entire time I was waiting for the incest bomb to drop, like something so happened the with thing. the twins. After uh-huh. me fucking up reveals on prior seasons, I started leaning in on, if you're going to ask me a question, I'm going to swerve. So I don't actually <laughs> ruin anything. Uh, look, look, I'm relieved. I am relieved. We made it through an entire anime without a single real whiff of incest. Fantastic. But I was waiting for it this entire time. Waiting for the plot twist in Jujutsu Kaisen? Well, I mean, look. Oh, yeah, there are twins in there, too, huh? Mm-hmm. I actually know nothing about that. I've been debating whether or I pick it, up the Or it manga. could be Toto and Itadori, and that would basically be the same thing since they're brothers. <laughs> brothers from another mother, Chris. Come on. Brothers Come on. in battle. <laughs> I love them. There was a supernatural anime. Simple. 
Oh, was there? Yes. <laughs> was it a yaoi? The answer is no. Uh, it pretty much looks... It was some B-string animators, so they do have some clamp-ass yaoi bodies at times. That's very funny. Yeah. By the way, you should watch Jujutsu Kaisen. It fucking... I watched owns. a couple episodes of it, and oh, then other people in the house just burned a head on it. And it's like, uh, maybe I'll pick up the manga. Yeah, the... um. No, the show is really good. The show is really good. You gotta watch it. Uh, I would not read it. The first three episodes are, are kind of okay, but it that is really what ramps I saw, up. Yeah. yeah, it really ramps up past that. I always think of it as I read manga so much faster than I watch anime, though. That's true. But then you don't get the music, you don't get the cool animation. It's six hours of your life that you are going to waste on some awful Planet Neptunia game. <laughs> I have not bought a Neptunia game for myself since Four Goddesses Online, thank you. That doesn't mean that you didn't play them. That just means that other people know you're a sicko and bought them for you. Actually, no, I literally haven't played a game more recent than that other than the Space Harrier Club. <laughs> anyway, we're just, anyway, just if you yeah. already have the sub, go watch it. If you have the subscription. Come on. <laughs> anyway, or, okay. It's the bet. It's the best anime that we have watched for any of our anime shows, by a mile. Look, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just trying to decide, especially at the very glacial pace it's coming out, if it's worth just wrapping the manga, which is almost done from what I recall. No. Dude, I'm telling you that the animation is half the thing here. But the manga is pretty fucking good. Yeah, but it is not as good as the map's animation. Let me tell you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris is. I can watch Chris is one of the anima- like animation sickos. So I, I can I watch. Not, I can not usually, and I'm very impressed. Just watch it first. Here's the thing. I got a fucking year before they get to season two. I can read it and then come back when the second season starts. No, come on. Watch it and then carry on with the manga if that's what you're gonna do. That's what I would do. Yeah, but here's the thing. If I do that, I always put off the manga for fucking ages because it's like, oh, I'm going to have to read through all the stuff I've seen. I hate doing that. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anything else so, to say about the end of this show? <laughs> no, fucking sucks. Dog shit ending to a show I think is bad. So for what it's worth, uh, I I think that Urasawa is a good writer. I think he... Doubt. I really think Pluto is excellent, probably his strongest single work. I bounced the fuck off of another one that people like, uh, 20th Century Boys, and those three are basically the only works of his that have been in English until very recently. It remains to be seen if we're going to get more of them now that he's actually allowing his stuff to be put in digital. I kind of presume that someone will chase the license on Billy Bad at the least. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. I mean, I'm just trying to think of what are we supposed to really take away from this show? Because I feel like this show wants to say a lot about the human condition and people and how people are terrible to each other and how people hurt each other. And but also how like the nature of evil and shit. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, what what are we supposed to say? Way easier to tell this that didn't involve a 30 year conspiracy by Nazis. I mean, yeah, that's part of it. I feel like all it's of the way way over the top yeah putting all of the the conspiracy like shadow group stuff on top of the serial killer narrative 
definitely muddies the water a lot, especially when there's two organizations that are doing it. There's the German neo-Nazis and then there's the Czech secret police. And then there's also before the fall of communism, like experiments happening. And like, you, you know what? Like rip to the, uh, to the fail son Lipsky, who doesn't get a coda here either. Because <laughs> he amounts to nothing. Yeah. He's a fail son. Exactly. And um, that's, that's the thing is, I kind of suspect <laughs> this is the most I'll say of it. This is the most I'll say of it on this one, since we're going to do an actual episode on it in a bit. But I can't find because another monster was never released in English officially. So it's a lot of fan subs and secondhand stuff. But I cannot find whether Urasawa wanted to do this follow-up tying up loose ends thing or if it was this other writer came to him and pitched it in his playground i'm really unsure of why another monster exists Mm -hmm. look i think what's gonna happen is you know i'm just gonna like take this show put it in the memory hole and go huh i guess socialism really does make monsters and move on with my life i'm never gonna (laughs) think about this again other than to be mad. <laughs> That's how you end every season of Boku no Stop. <laughs> That's not true. Ava, not. Not not for Ava. I, yeah, I think Ava's the sole exception. That's a true. I liked Battle Tendency also. Oh yeah, Battle Tendency is good. But then you wrote off the rest of JoJo's and like, I also, the show is majority the, not, not Battle Tendency. <laughs> well, that's the problem is that the rest of it is dog shit. <laughs> I I also do not know your feelings on all of the premium stuff because I just don't have the time to dive into that backlog. Sorry. Doesn't say most That's of it's fine. bad. We're gonna <laughs> most of it's bad. El Hazard extremely bad. Oh okay. God, you did El Hazard? Oh yeah, that was buddy. the second season, I think. Oh no, <laughs> we did the Pokemon anime until we tapped out at like episode sixteen. Um, yeah, what else no, did you? Like you did Black Lagoon. I never liked Black uh, Lagoon. Oh, we didn't finish Black Lagoon either, buddy. Uh, okay. Uh, Did we just not used to finish shows? It? Just be like, nope, we're out? No, the fundam- the original premise was watch it until we tap out. And then, and then we've... St- oh, wait, all right, the premium version. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now we're just going to talk about... We're going to talk about Death Note next, which is also really good. Oh, cool. Jujutsu Kaisen has been incredible. Hey, if you hate yourself, you can watch the new anime from the Death Note, guys. Well, what is it? What's the name of that? Platinum End. Not heard of it. What if Death Note was also a battle royale for God? Let's go! Oh my god, you know what? Like, the premise sounds good. <laughs> you... That sounds awesome, dude! You know what? You two should definitely watch Platinum End. <laughs> okay. I watch it. Uh, well, it's currently I... airing. Should I watch Death Note first? No. No. No, they're okay. completely interchange they're completely unconnected. Okay. Oh, well, I didn't think they were sequels. I just think in terms of like, okay, oh, this is what to actually, expect I going can into tell Platinum. That this End. show is extremely bad because it only has six point three on my anime list. Ouch. A show where everything less than a nine point five is dog shit. Oh. Oh yeah. It's been controversial to say the least. Oh boy. <laughs> the uh, characters are interesting and can easily pique the curiosity of anyone, and if all else fails, the volume does not fall to lure you in with the pure shock value. Yup. You know, I, I still have I still have fifty episodes left of Legend of Galactic Heroes in the original run, so I think I'm good for the next year and a half. 
<laughs> like I binged like 60 of those in like two to three weeks. And then I like hit a hard wall and haven't gone back. Anyhow, is there anything else we've got? Nope. Bad show. <sighs> I'm sorry you had to listen to it for a year and a half. Like, there are elements of it that are very strong. It's just, if you try to also, draw a lot out of it, okay. it gets more and more confused by the end. That's all. Matt got to pick, and I'm not going to watch a show called Flip Flappers, so I'm fucking out. <laughs> yeah, Chris is... You're after, here for one yeah. more still, asshole. Yeah, but the other thing is like, well, that's not... And, and the patron episodes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That doesn't, that doesn't count. What's going to happen is we're going to record that at 9 o'clock. We're going to make sure Jujutsu Kaisen moves in an hour. We're going to record it at 9 o'clock, and then you guys can record the normal show at 9 o'clock. All right. And then I'll be free. This is also made by MAP. Uh, Flip Flappers. Hmm. So what? That oh. just means it looks good. It looks really good. Yeah, it looks fucking great. It looks gorgeous. There's some really good uh, visual stuff that happens in that show. Uh, I was like, wow, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about condemning this out of hand. And then I looked up some pictures of it again. No, no, Chris, you would hate uh-huh. it. No, you would absolutely hate it. Like <laughs> the the stuff that is like rough about flip flappers is the stuff that will, you will not like you'll turn it off immediately. <laughs> we, we have found a third chair to fill in for Chris on that season. Yes. I'm just going to post this in Pitch Drop podcast. Uh, no context, but I'm good. <laughs> yeah, Chris, the bunnies are a uh, masturbation metaphor. The the teething part. That's why they nod each other. It's a whole thing. Trust me. There's a lot of uh there's a lot of layers of meaning in a coming of age story. <laughs> that's uh that's flip flappers for you. Yeah, we're covering that next and it's going to be super interesting. Anyhow, we'll be back. Have a good time and thank you for coming with us through this season. You're almost Don't free. watch Monster. <laughs> uh, I ya. like it less than Ideon. Oh, no. Jesus. Ouch. That I, is, I like it more than Ideon, for the record. That is legitimately no. a surprise, given how At happy... least you get to watch a kid get glassed. <laughs> kid. Glassed, Jesus Christ. And Spider-Man gets the robot. It's great. <laughs> it's just bad to make a podcast about. <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. That that like '80s pacing. Like I thought the pacing going into Legend of Galactic Heroes was going to be rough because I'm like, oh man, this is an this is no, an old it's anime. Good. It's really good and it's way better yeah. than Idiot. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The problem, the problem with Monster was not the format of our show. The problem was Monster. We could do Legend of Galactic Heroes no problem and have it be great. We might we might do it at some point. I would love to. Mm-hmm. We probably want to do like when season you're done one. Talking about when you're done pretending to relate to 13 year old girls, <laughs> we can talk about Legend of Galactic Heroes. So is it a bad time to say that we're bringing on a Yuri expert to fill your seat? Yes. Okay. No, it's exactly what we need. 